Oddities, Late Night Movies with Rob, Ben, and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities, where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic Swamp. I'm Ben. And I moved it with my eyes. Am I strange? Am I strange, Ben? For moving it with my eyes? Are you strange? Yes. Are you strange for thinking you moved something with your eyes? Also, yes. <laughs> what that line comes like I think it takes an hour and nineteen minutes for Matilda oh God, to use her powers. So this is this is a very long movie, <laughs> and I am sure that we are going to get into uh, what songs can be cut uh, from this film because this I, okay, should not good. be I'm two glad, hours. <laughs> I'm glad that that you felt the same way. Like there were so many times where I was like, this song, the only purpose it serves is to make this scene longer. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that I'm not alone in that. <laughs> yeah. This movie is way too long. This should be close, much closer to 80 minutes, 90 minutes, I think. Well, it's way too long and they barely give us any setup with her powers. No. Uh, no, this is uh, I, I think Ben and I are coming from a similar standpoint. This is uh, not the greatest of movies, but I think I'm going to be a little more positive on it than you are, Ben. Right. I do yeah. want to say, though, awesome. that this this is a musical. Not only is it truly a musical, it's even titled Matilda the Musical. And right. I, or even I think it goes further. It's like Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical, a Netflix oh, yeah, adaptation or something like that. You know, right. <laughs> a Netflix story. But on on Netflix, where you can stream it if you have a membership, it's it's a very long title. Yeah. I was I was quite confused <laughs> by that. I I think that it is it is definitely a musical, and I think it fails to like click with me as a musical. And and what I mean by that is I think it's somewhere around the eighty or ninety minute mark where Miss Honey and Matilda are talking, and then. All of a sudden, well, not really all of a sudden, but, you know, it starts to happen that Miss Honey begins to sing. And you have failed as a musical when me as the audience, as the viewer of that movie, when she starts to sing in a musical, I go, oh, God damn it, we're doing this again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, at that point, I knew this had failed as a musical for me because I was, like, disappointed by another song. (laughs) Uh, Yes, Uh, I... It didn't take me that long to be disappointed okay, by another song. Okay. Uh, I will say that pretty much any song that wasn't the the Matilda character singing was probably a waste of time. Like all the school kids when they were just like, "Yeah, you have to be good or you'll get fizz edited or something." And I was like, "I don't, <laughs> I don't need this. I don't know why they have like a, a miniature Draco Malfoy sure singing singing at me." <laughs> So definitely failed as a musical. Although I will say there were a couple songs that I that I was pretty okay on. Yeah, there were definitely some uh, some numbers that were very you know catchy. And also, even the thing I do have to say is about the songs that I think were unnecessary and should have been removed. It's all great choreography. Like this is a very interesting movie to watch with some of the uh, big like sets they set pieces they put oh, out and stuff. Yeah, like that was that was definitely true. Like even the songs with all the kids that I think could have been removed. Like, when they're doing the choreography, like, inside the jungle gym, like, that was pretty interesting. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. I was definitely, I was like, I, I had that thought. I was like, oh, wow, they got they got these kids to do something, like, <laughs> in, you know, in uniform or, like, in, in time with each other. Yeah, that, that's yeah. pretty impressive. 
Uh, definitely. And it, but still, it doesn't remove the fact that this song could have been easily been cut, cut out of yeah. the movie. Yeah. yeah or absolutely. they should have done more because there technically is, I guess, uh, you wouldn't even call it a full song. It's just more like a sting or a little interlude. There is like a little bit of them singing about the chokey when the chokey's first introduced. And that's right. very short. I think that's like maybe 20 seconds and it just like gives you the 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 basic knowledge of the chokey and you know it's going to come up later if you if you know the Matilda story or whatever. But right. they should have turned more songs into that, like little interludes and not wasted like 6 minutes on it, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, the songs that they did that were, you know, the full 3 to 6 minutes as you said that those those are definitely the ones that that were the worst. And and like I'm thinking of the the first time we see Matilda use her powers against the Trunchbull, which her dad calls Agatha the Trunchbull. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the first time we see Matilda use her powers against uh, against Trunchbull is like they're they're out doing like some kind of weird military boot camp obstacle course thing. Yes, where um, Emma Thompson as Trunchbull is like blowing up landmines in the area. <laughs> yeah, and it's like th- that whole song. I feel like was not necessary or or at least you know like over half of that song was not necessary it's like we get it they're out here they're doing physical physical labor you're abusing children like we understand that we we can move on you know yes yes i I am Uh, with you there (laughs) but they they took so long to move on i was just like oh i is this the rest of the movie because it's starting to feel like it I'm I'm totally with you. There's just so much, I guess, and this gets into, you know, us talking about it as a remake. Well, technically, we're doing this and considering it a, you know, remake of the 1996 Danny DeVito Matilda. It's more so an adaptation of the stage musical, which was a thing I, I didn't really know about until this, this movie. Um, but uh, it, Tim Minchin's involved with it. The director of this, Matthew Warkus, is oh, also the Tim same. Tim Minchin is involved with Tim it? Tim Minchin is involved with this, yes. This is apparently written by Tim Minchin. What? <laughs> yeah. I expect so much more from him. Okay. Some of the songs that are good, I could maybe see being Tim Minchin. Sure, sure. But like, generally, Tim Minchin is a a pretty decent comedical music mind. Sure. I'm not too familiar with is... him, but I definitely know of him. I mean, he's he's prim- or at least when I was familiar with him, he was primarily a comedian uh, who did songs on stage. Okay, and and they were pretty good, pretty funny. He was like very, uh, very antagonistically atheist. I think. Oh um, yes, I believe I I yeah I remember that now. Okay. Uh, like he has a he has a song about Tony the fish, uh, who is the first fish to have legs, and you know because ev- <laughs> evolution and he, like he he does a bit where he's just like. Uh, he says something something about like Jesus getting nails pounded into his feet, and he's just like, and these people that are believe that God gave Jesus these feet because of the absence of the knowledge of the existence of Tony, or something like that. Okay, <laughs> and like it's it's actually pretty good. Like it, you know, he like I said, it's antagonistically atheist, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can uh, if you can overlook that for the sake of some comedy, like it's it's pretty funny. Imagine being the first dude ever to have feet. I reckon that would be really tough. And also, what I wonder is, how did these individuals with their new bits, like, how did they figure out how to use them? Did they just stumble upon their potential purpose one day, just accidentally, you know? Uh, imagine you're, you're a fish, and you're just swimming in the ocean um, with your school, and you're all just hanging out, swimming, same as always, because you're um, fish. And, and suddenly, out of nowhere, um, Tony... <laughs> Fucking Tony. T- <laughs> Tony just goes, 
Um, I'm getting out. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, freezing. <laughs> You're a fish, Tony. Yeah, well, I'm a cold fish. I just want to pop out for a bit, you know, maybe lie on my towel. Bring you an ice cream. Yeah, don't bother, Tony. You're a freak. Come on, school. Let's go. Let's ostracise him for being different. Yeah, let's ostracise him. Tony's a freak. Let's ostracise him for being different. No, don't ostracise me. I'm just a little bit different. Right on. Um, right so I'm on. surprised to see that he's involved in this because this movie is um, not. You don't. You don't think this has a, a biting edge to it? This movie. <laughs> well, okay. So I mean, there are a couple songs like. Really okay. When I say a couple songs, really the only one I'm thinking of is is the naughty song, the mm-hmm. second song in the movie, sure, which was actually like felt kind of upbeat and, and energi- energizing. Sometimes you have to be a little bit naughty. So, I don't know. This just feels this is weird, very weird for me to hear that Tim Minchin is involved in this. Right on, right on. You don't uh, you don't see uh, any Tim Minchin in the uh, the alphabet song where they, they just have all the letters of the alphabet in just they list the alphabet at one point because that's just part of the song. I, I may have blacked that out. Um, that's not that's not okay. Okay, registering well, for me. You I, don't know the alphabet until we learn you the alphabet, Ben. Okay, okay. Let, me, let me just tell you that. <laughs> is that is that the one where they're like C Y F cat? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> but that that does happen. <laughs> so you, when you were watching this, Ben, you sent me a message and you said, uh, "If this does, I, I believe I don't have it pulled up." You said something like, "If this doesn't change, I might not be able to finish this movie." Uh, at what point in the movie did that did that come for the for opening you? number? <laughs> okay, so what what was uh, a conflict with you from this opening number? <laughs> uh, a number of things, weak lyrics. Bad baby singing. Oh, that's right. Way too bright of colors. Yep, yep. I guess the choreography was fine. Okay, <laughs> right on. The the fact that the the doctor wasn't the dad from from Flash. What's what's his name? Jesse Martin. Okay, yep. Uh, the fact that the doctor wasn't Jesse Martin like that. Fucking why? You could have <laughs> had Jesse Martin. You didn't. I'm assuming. Um, I'm assuming. <laughs> like and, and like the. In, in the lyrics, like at some point, it's just like the most common thing is in life is life, but every life is a miracle. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And like, he says something like every every life is so unlikely to exist. And I'm like, OK, yeah, from the perspective of that life. Sure. But once it exists, that's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's one of those things where it's like it would be very unlikely for a specific event to happen to me. But it's not unlikely for that specific event to happen to somebody. Sure, sure. And that's kind of how I felt about it. It's like, okay, so so you want to tell me that every life is a miracle and that it's so unlikely that any life would exist. It's like, well, it's not because some life is going to exist and then that life is going to be a particular life. 
you know, is, is it unlikely that like Jim Bob exists? Sure, maybe. But if Jim Bob didn't exist, George Dale would exist. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, OK, so so I, I found that kind of so you were at, at odds even with like the the content of the song. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just and, and then for, for him to be like the most common thing in life is life. <laughs> But it's also very rare. And I was like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> sure. Yeah, this, this movie... It was, everything was too yellow, also. It, like, that yeah. was fucked up. This movie How much yellow comes at you hard. Because it, it's, like you said, very extremely like uh, stylized. Like, the colors are, are all over the place. It's just... It's super vibrant. Which very vibrant. so antithetical to, like, the entire story of Matilda, I think. Uh, it it is it it comes this movie comes out of the gate hard and just kind of is like bam here's the colors here's the singing here's the like you know essence and and the uh, just uh, excitement and the bubbliness that this movie's gonna have and yeah. it is just like woof like you know it is interesting I haven't seen something you know quite like this in a while it, it makes me think of like you know the very beginning of Speed Racer where it's like cutting between him as a kid like daydreaming and and like race carring around in class at his desk and like him like waiting for the race to start or something like it just comes right. out so fast and so like stylized you're just like oh my god you know um you've got my attention like, i wish i it didn't was... even know to have my guard up yeah. Came out swinging at me. <laughs> yeah exactly i think that you know that is uh, fine i'm fine with this you know essence for a musical but you know when it drags on this long and all these songs or so many songs are unnecessary i it you know, it would be much better suited this energy to like an eighty-minute musical, where you can have a chance to sustain that energy for that amount of time. You just can't right. for two hours. You know, it's like no, this no. the song that I mentioned where I was like, "Oh God, we're doing this again." It's the uh, Miss Honey singing like, "I don't have much, but it's enough," or whatever that. Oh, song it's is. enough for me. Yeah, it's enough for me, and I'm just like, and I'm, I'm like, "Oh God!" Like I I don't care <laughs> at all <laughs> at this point. You know, and there's still well, thirty minutes to go. <laughs> It was one of those things where it's like it's a problem because they're they're introducing a song to cover some information that they've already covered not in yes, song. Yes, exactly. Like I I've always pretty against that in musicals. Like I want the mu- I want the songs of a musical to actually be like new information. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise sure. they don't they're just there for what? For circle jerking purposes? Like I just oh, we just wanted to put a song here. It's like, how about you put a song, like, how about in a musical, you actually have the music tell the story. How about that? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's like, and there are a couple songs that do that, and Naughty is one of them. Like, the second the mm-hmm. second piece where we see Matilda, like, fucking with her father's hair dye and trying to, like, establishing that she's going to be kind of a rebellious character. That is done well through that song. Sure. But then there's the Honey situation where she's just like, this is all I have. And it's like... Like, we already know it's all you have. Like, you took her to a shed in the woods. <laughs> yeah. As far as we know, you're going to kill her. Uh, it's it's basically like the thing Tree Trunks lives in in Adventure Time. <laughs> it's like a yeah. tiny little trailer. Yeah. And, and so I'm just like, but we already know this. We don't need you to tell us this with this song. Exactly. It's already well established. And so I guess that that's a big part of the problems I had, too, it, is when musicals introduce music for no reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like... I, like I said, you know, let the music tell the story. I, I like that. I'm for it. And Naughty does it. Naughty's energizing, uplifting. Uh, you, you get this sense of, like, she's being kind of beaten down by her parents. And, and she's like, I don't have to put up with this. Like, I'm going to fight back. You're, we're establishing stuff about her character. We're establishing, like, 
actual facts about the movie, like with regards to the green hair for the rest of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. and that is Tommy the Tit, by the way. It is. Yeah, I was going to ask if uh, if if uh, you picked up on that, which I, I now oh, know you did, of course. But uh, him and Andrea, uh, so Stephen Graham and Andrea Riseborough as the mother, so Mister and Mrs. Wormwood. I love them in this movie. They are going oh, really? for it. Oh yeah, they are. They know exactly what movie they're in, and they are like you, playing up the fact that they're horrible people. Because you know that the it even starts yes. with Andrea Riseborough being like, you know, I refuse to believe I'm pregnant. You know, um, yeah. until the last moment, and they they know that they're supposed to be horrible people, and they're playing into like exactly the I think over the top like extreme you know version of that character that this movie needs, and they're they're just so entertaining because of that. I, I think that I what was his name Stephen Graham I think yeah. I agree with you about his performance something about the the woman's performance what did you say her name was Andrea Riseborough Andrea Riseborough something about her performance I just didn't didn't click with me okay. the same <laughs> okay. but like Tom, Tommy the tit like he's he's making like really exaggerated facial expressions and like really emphasizing how awful he is and I totally agree with that uh, but the the mom character I felt like she just wasn't doing a ton other than being like. I spent all the money. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, Stephen Graham definitely has more to do in terms of the parents, and uh, it is awesome to see him going for it, you know? It is, it is wildly entertaining. <laughs> but I know what you mean about the, uh, the, the woman, uh, you know, the, the mom not having that much to do. I guess this is a good point, other than uh, any, to ask you. Have you seen the, uh, I guess either have you seen the 1996 Matilda or, or have the you, stage musical? I, or maybe if you've seen the stage musical, that'd be that'd be interesting. Uh, or have you read the book, Matilda? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, I, I have seen the Danny DeVito movie. It's been quite some time. Sure. I remember, like specifically in the Danny DeVito movie, like we get a scene where she's just making shit fly around her house. Yes. <laughs> like they actually give us an establishing shot of her learning how to use her powers. Yep. In oh, the yeah. Danny DeVito movie, where they don't give us that in this movie, like. I'm waiting for that scene. Like, when is when are we going to see that she actually is learning how to control her powers? She goes from like pushing a cup to making a chain monster. Yeah. <laughs> and for anybody that does not remember, the chain monster stuff is not in the 1996 version. No, no it's not. <laughs> well, and like I thought the chain monster was cool. I thought it was a neat style choice and all that. But but no, it's it's actually I I guess um, one thing I, I have uh, a question about is the es- escapologist. Is is there is there background on Miss Honey like that in the nineteen in the Danny DeVito movie? Uh, not in the same way, but it is the same character dynamic that um, Trunchbull is her aunt and like took the yes. house, killed the fa- all that stuff. But in the in the nineteen ninety six version, it, it like it's told from like Miss Honey tells it to Matilda. You know, that's what I thought. Yeah, it, there's no like, and there's no grandiose like. It's a very sad, regular like human story. You know, there's no like grandiose. Uh, circus act stuff for some reason right. and i right. i also don't really get that you know because throughout the movie matilda's telling the story eventually you realize that it's miss honey's story and then there's this moment where matilda's like oh this story i've been telling is your your story miss honey and miss honey's like that's wild ain't it and the movie just <laughs> forgets about it right yeah <laughs> um well, i was it's, like okay. wait how i was like wait what what just happened <laughs> So, so I, I definitely, I'm definitely with you there. Like they, they just kind of gloss over that fact that Matilda apparently is some kind of like psychic yeah. who's just being delivered a, a, a message or a story from, I, I guess, the beyond. Um, <laughs> right. The, the, the thing that I really hated about it, though, 
is how enthralled the book lady is with her story. Sure, sure. She's just like, oh, my God, what happens next? It's like, what the fuck do you mean what happens next? She told you there were circus people. That was the, the <laughs> essence of her story. At yeah, the beginning. yeah. Like the first time she sits down with her, she's like, there was a time where there were circus people and they met and liked each other. And then they wanted a kid. <laughs> yep. It, it, like it wasn't stylized or actually a story. It was just like a collection of facts about characters that you might write a story about. But it wasn't a story in and of itself. And and then for her to be like, but what happens next? Like, what the fuck do you mean what happens next? <laughs> Nothing has happened yet. It was it was a Matilda story, which apparently really good. And uh, I was also going to I was possibly going to use this as my opening quote. Matilda says about her stories, I can feel it sort of wriggling within me like it's bursting to get out. So, you you know, it's going to be good, Ben. I mean, even if it's just all the setup of a story, you got it. You're hooked. You know, you got to get the season pass. <laughs> right. Well, and she said something about it fizzes inside of her or something. Yeah. She's like, the story comes to me in fizzes. And that's why I'm like, okay, there's going to be this big thing at the end where it's like, oh, she, like you said, somehow from the beyond got Miss Honey's story, and that's going to play a role. And instead, the movie's just like, huh, ain't that neat, you know? <laughs> yeah. Look what we did. Yeah, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> um, yeah. And from what I remember, uh, the, when in the little bit that Miss Honey like acknowledges of this this thing, that the stuff about like the circus people is all true, right? Doesn't that is, she say that is, like Matilda's like your your dad was the escapologist or something like that? She does, and and Miss Honey does indicate that that is correct. There's no like confirmation that it is anything remotely the same with the jumping over the sharks with the spiky objects and yeah, yeah. Uh, going to get a pizza before getting caught by an escapologist. Yeah. So there's nothing, I don't think there's any like verification that any of that was real. Sure. But just sure. like the general character relationships, I think is verified. Yeah. That I just, I find this very interesting <laughs> thing to put in this movie as a way to tell Miss Honey's backstory. I, I don't, fully understand it like I, I would love to know the motivation behind that f for this weird backwards way to have matilda tell another story's history another you know? person, yeah another person's history yeah. well and that was so like at, at the moment they were like you know they they show us it's like the black escapologist and i was like are, are they doing that thing where they just like insert a black character because that's like what they want to do and then later they show us the matilda like being being the daughter of that black dude and i was like now it makes even less sense <laughs> <laughs> and and then they show Honey, and it be, it's actually Honey's parents. And I was like, okay, I, I guess. Like, they made Honey black, so they have to make her parents black. I guess that makes sense. But I didn't feel like anything was gained from, like, the original sure, yeah, over that. Yeah. Like, when you make a character a, a decision to change a pre-existing character, it's like, ideally, that comes with some kind of purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't feel like that purpose existed or at least was established very well. Not that it, like, ruins a story for me or anything. I, I'm always just a little curious whenever that happens. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's it definitely just seems like a way for them to inject more kids stuff. Like it's a more fantasy elements into this movie, you know? Like like the name of the of the most dangerous feat in the world being so long with like the jumping over spikes and and sh uh, uh sharks and spiky objects and whatever. Yeah. It and it, it all comes across very much as like a fairy tale this story that she's telling. Yeah. And and I just that's the only thing I can think of is they're like we need more of that like element in this movie, you know. Oh, they could have spent that time developing her powers. Exactly. Yes, which that is what the which fantastic. is what the original movie does, and those are some of the scenes that like everybody remembers, you know, because it's 
It's, uh, uh, you know, little, uh, I think Mara Wilson uh, plays Matilda in that one, and she's, you know, just got shit floating around her head while some, like, fun music plays. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, totally what I was remembering. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it stuck with everybody, you know? In, and this, they should have done more with that, like, fun power stuff. I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up uh, Mara Wilson. Uh, I think that the character, or the, the actress that they had play Matilda, I was really thrown off by her looks. Um, I just felt like she didn't look like Matilda, mm-hmm. not the Matilda that I expect, and that's probably because my my only introduction to Matilda is through the, the other actress. That's how. So I need mean, the last few nights. Ben has just been constantly tweeting hashtag not my Matilda. I have. <laughs> I, I will say like this child actress did pretty well. Like I think that of of all child actresses I've ever seen, this one was pretty decent. Um, yeah, but I didn't it, it took me a while her. to get over. Oh, uh, sure. The, that sure. she was not my Matilda. Yeah, I didn't mind. Uh, so her name's Alicia Weir. In her first major film role, she's, like she's been in like shorts and TV episodes before this. So this is her first like leading role. Um, and I, I did not mind her either. She, it definitely was um, a, a vastly different casting than, you know, Mara Wilson. And just I think the tone of, of the two movies are very different. Mm. But, you know, like I said, like, I think it, she, she was fine. And you know what it actually makes me think of uh, in comparison to whatever his name was who plays Art, played Artemis Fowl in Artemis Fowl. Like he, that, he, that Andrew was his, Garfield from the past. The, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like he is not good in, in that movie. Oh, yeah. And this one, it's like, oh, like Matilda never gave me a problem. It's like the initial shock that, you know, it's different from the one we know. Hashtag not my Matilda. But then I'm just like fine with it. And she does, she does a serviceable job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, especially like I'm always inclined to to give kids a little bit of leeway. Sure. It's like they are ch- small children doing uh, a difficult task, a difficult job. And I think that she, as you said, serviceable. She did she did pretty well. And I, I think that maybe with with aside from maybe the dad, she was probably the standout character um, okay. in terms of in okay. terms of terms of performance for me. Sure. So I. But well, and that's probably also in part because she had the best. Uh, the best songs. Gotcha. Oh yeah, and that's definitely going to play a role into you know how we see what like or think of our characters in musicals. I well, I think one of the the standout performances is definitely Emma Thompson as Trunchbull. That she's she has some goofy stuff, and I think it's 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 it didn't bother me. You know, like I I can foresee a world where you know some of the goofiness in this movie would grate on me more, and it didn't really you know get get anything too bad. Okay. I think I think of like you know I like the stuff where she's blowing up landmines in the Fizz Ed song. I really actually love the moment where the like the I am Spartacus moment that you were mentioning where they're all spelling words wrong because they're like the kids are like they can't she can't lock us all in the chokey and then she yeah. reveals she has a chokey for each student and and she's like giddy about it. I love that moment. I think that moment's excellent. Sure. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I can I can get on board with that. She Trunchbull did have some. I think I, I had a hard time just getting past how hard she was to look at. That's fair. It is it is a a very very off putting design. <laughs> right. Yeah. They they really went hard on making her look like a weird witch thing. Yes. yes. But but her character design was closer to the nineteen ninety is whenever when was it, it was ninety six ninety six ninety six movie than uh than matilda's for instance definitely definitely like i think i think trunchbull is like she's what i expected and tr- the original trunchbull is hard to look at too sure yeah uh, <laughs> yes yeah, so not it's... a flattering role you know <laughs> no, no not a bit um i really like there's there's a lot of lines that i really like from trunchbull i there's just 
the the small moments surrounding her character and like how how much control and power she has at this school like there's in the cafeteria she like walks in and she's like barks the word move and all the kids start moving the physical lunch tables so uh trunchbull can walk a straight line to like miss honey and matilda i think that that is some fantastic visuals you know (laughs) true um, and she calls the kids uh, in the phys ed song, she refers to them as squits at one point, uh, S-Q-U-I-T-S. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, she has a great line. Where our Miss Honey says near the end of the movie, she's like, I taught them with kindness, patience, and respect. And Trunchbull's response is, how dare you bring those words into my classroom? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. That was definitely a decent line. Yeah, and, and so I, I thought that was that was great fun. Um, oh, that like in the beginning, Miss Honey says, "It is my belief that Matilda Wormwood is a genius," and Trunchbull says, "What? No, no, I just told you she is a gangster." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is before um, Trunchbull has met uh, Matilda, but uh, yes. we do know that the um, the father uh, like says that he called. Um, called Trunchbull and told him what a troublemaker his daughter was. <laughs> yeah, what a nasty little goblin or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and th- that's where he's doing some like real exaggerated facial expressions. Oh yeah, and it's 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 good to watch. That's it's it's good fair. fun. That's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned it before, but I I'm I wanted to harp on it again cuz it is something that I definitely bothered me by the end of the movie. Matilda's powers, she basically is like just uh, like omnipotent seemingly at the end of this movie making the yeah. chain monster and and like making miss trunchbull float and like doing making her hair into pigtails i'm like oh she's she's you know jobu tupaki from everything everywhere all at once like right she she is the most powerful being in existence joju chewbacca yeah yeah exactly and and it's like we should all be so thankful that she's a good person you know <laughs> right yeah, she's well, and we don't even know that she's going to remain a good person. Exactly. Not... If I remember correctly, I did. I know I looked into it when we did our first episode on the '96 Matilda. But if I remember incorrectly, I believe the book ends with her like growing out of her powers. Like she doesn't have her powers forever. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Um, oh. it's just like it's just like this this life event and like you know finding Miss Honey and getting out of she her... had powers to get her out of that situation. And yeah, deal with. yeah. And if I also, I think it there was some level of like. Like it would, it was taxing to do. Like it took effort and energy for Matilda to use her powers. So it wasn't like an effortless thing. And you know, in the it, it, the two movies end the same way. The, the way that you know, well, there's no chain monster, like I said, in the Danny DeVito one. But um, they do end with you know Matilda using the information about Miss Honey's father or and whatever. And like you know, uh, what's his name? When they, they they write on the chalkboard, and Matilda writes with her powers on the chalkboard at the end, and makes it thinks it's the ghost of the father. Um, yeah. That's the same the same way. But this one is so overblown and over the top with the chain monster and all the shit going on. I'm just like, geez, this is this got like cranked up to a million, you know? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't fully remember the ending of the '96 Matilda, but I I did vaguely recall like the writing on the chalkboard thing. So yeah. some of that was yeah. was the same. That's I guess that's good. But the whole like you said, the whole chain monster being entirely over the top. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like don't get me wrong, it was a cool visual. Like we got to see it, like throw chain bombs or something, whatever the fuck it was at the chokies. I also don't did did Trunchbull have chokies for everyone in in the no ninety six one? No, definitely not. And it was also the chokie was also not outdoors in the ninety six one. It was just like in a closet in her office or in the okay. school, you know. <laughs> This just seems like it's in a woodland clearing, you know? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's out in the middle of nowhere, it seemed. 
Uh, does Matilda blow up the Chokey in the '96 movie? No, no, I don't. I don't believe so. Okay, so like as far as we as far as we know, she just made an explosion happen in this movie. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, you know, that's cool. I guess she's uh, like I said. We have to all be very thankful, and you know, kiss her feet that she is not evil. We right. uh, we have to we have to keep her satiated. You know, <laughs> gotta feed her trunchbulls every now and then. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I uh, did want to mention, also in comparison to the 96 movie, um, there, Matilda has a brother in the 1996 movie. I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and just like another person to be mean to her. And uh, I think like, yeah. and it's um, the, the notion in both movies that, you know, Matilda is mistreated from her birth, is, it's there. Um, but it makes, it makes more sense in this movie that the parents could be so... You know, at, like Andrea Riseborough as, as the mom could be so like just refusing to believe that right. she's pregnant she to the last minute. You know, she didn't want to have kids at all. Exactly. And the dad, if if he wanted a kid, wanted a boy, and they got Matilda. Yeah, yeah, and and they got Matilda in the '96 version. Um, it's not like they didn't want kids; uh, they're just upset with how Matilda turned out because the parents just see her as weird because she like the the. Like, she reads a lot. She reads a lot, you know, um, and the parents are very, you know, dumb in both versions where it'll be like Miss Honey shows up, I think, in the 96 version, like to their house to like drop off books for Matilda. And immediately, like, you know, Miss Honey is like, I'm Miss Honey. I'm your daughter's teacher. And immediately Danny DeVito's like, Matilda, what the hell did you do at school? And like is like ready to beat her and stuff like that. Right. So, you know, the parents are definitely stupid, but it's not like they didn't want kids at all in the original so making that change where they have one kid and, you know, I like <laughs> Stephen Graham calls her boy all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it was interesting, and I, I like that. Once again, I just love the parents in this movie, so everything they, they threw them I was fine with. <laughs> and then I like the little moment where she unglues the, uh, the hat from his head at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She uses her power to, to break the glue bonds, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the 96 version, I'm pretty sure he, he, like, has to cut the hat off or something, and there's a chunk of the movie where he just has, like, Parts of a hat on his head, you know. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> um, they also changed the uh, the reason that they're running in the end that the parents are running. Yeah, in the '96 one, it was the government, right? Yeah, it was like tax fraud or something. Exactly. Yeah, I think like the the IRS is after him or something. And there's the two government agents. One of them is played by Pee Wee Herman, um, and and I forget who plays the other one. Uh, but this one, it's the he he has dealings with the mafia. He sells some bad cars to the mafia, right? <laughs> Yeah, he he uh, decides to rip off and like they mention it some like very muscle bound men yes. for luxury cars and he like cuts two cars in half and welds them together or something. Yeah, I I wish we could have seen some of that. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, like I want to see what that car looks like. <laughs> I I can tell you what it looked like after he drove it. <laughs> sure, sure. I also like have some don't imagine uh, Mister Wormwood having like. A, a grand large scale business you know like the welding of two cars together is a is a big job i would presume it's a, yeah a big undertaking yeah well um, i mean beyond beyond that it's like there's also like the drivetrain and transmission and shit that you, yeah yeah <laughs> that you have to I, I don't know like are we supposed to believe that he like cut those in half and welded those together too like i, I don't know yeah i think so i think just uh you know it was like a little, little bit of a puzzle just to find all the connecting pieces and weld them together you know <laughs> okay yeah. yeah he seems like the kind of person that could do that <laughs> but uh yeah i'm other than that i mean you know I, like i mentioned the tone of these two movies is very different um i think danny devito is a, a very like cynical filmmaker 
Uh, that's Matilda's his like least cynical movie because um, it does have like the happy ending. Uh, and it is like I guess you know it, it leans a little more into like the the weirdness of Roald Dahl uh, books and the, like the feeling of him as a writer, which I, I wanted to get to because uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, Ben. Did you read any Roald Dahl like back in the day, like BFG or the Twist? Okay, I read BFG. Okay, I don't recall. I, I I don't know them as Roald Dahl books. Whatever I read, I, I think gotcha. that I probably have read more than one though. Okay, okay. There's the, Roald Dahl's always had like this flair of you know maybe like a little bit macabre. Like there's always something you know just like twisted to it. Like the first half of the twits is just like this old married couple that don't really like each other, just like playing pranks on each other. You know, okay. um, and and then there's like a story eventually turns a, a plot starts to happen. But that is a good bit of the beginning of the twits. And, you know, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, any of those, like, adaptations or, you know, the book itself, that, that always has, like, some, some sinisterness to it. Um, but the, the tone of the Danny DeVito one definitely fits that. This one is very much more, like, you know, the, the macabre is there. Like, the idea of a teacher having a chokey is, is certainly oh, there, oh, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're dealing with somebody who is, who is breaking a lot of laws yes. and abusing children. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's there. That extreme Roald Dahl, you know, I think sinisterness is there. Um, the, the evil adults. There's always, like, some evil adults in Roald Dahl stories. It was actually very recently, uh, and probably because, you know, I've been Googling around researching this movie that this came uh, my way, but it is being reported that uh, new editions of some of the older works of Roald Dahl, uh, when they're being released in this day and age, are uh, having some words and uh, passages uh, edited or removed are deemed to contain offensive words. Isn't that fun, I, Ben? <laughs> I actually, I think I just saw something that the publisher was getting some flack for this. Yes. Like, some significant amount of backlash uh, to the point that they may have even reversed some of those decisions. But I, I like literally just saw a headline and didn't have a chance to read the article right as we were starting to record. <laughs> right on. So like, yeah, this is a very recent story. Um, I, I, I was like, wow, we're old doll. This is so, you know, <laughs> on point. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, uh, I I did a little bit of digging into it, uh, nothing too crazy, um, but, you know, th- I found a few instances of, like, oh, here's a version of, the uh, like, the witches that has stuff changed and things like that. Of course, I don't think it was anything too offensive. That's what I wanted to get into, of course, because whenever we talk about these topics, you know, we usually end up saying, like, well, what was offensive? I have been seeing things like, oh, they took out some more... Um, just like negatively connotated words, like like I've, I saw an example of it, like the word "ugly" being changed with it to like a a less abrasive synonym. I guess you could consider it. You know? Um, Do you know what they changed it to? I don't. Uh, I'm trying to find that article to to get you that Only? answer, but um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, difficult ugly? to look They're at. Changing you know? ug- what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. It's okay, crazy. hold on. It's crazy. I, I get it. Whenever so, I was I was gonna say like when you're adapting. A work from the past, like there are two different two different ways to look at it, two different goals perhaps to have in mind when doing that. Like you can be adapting it from the past to yeah. bring it in to a new audience and be like, this is just a children's book for today. Or you can bring it from the past and be like, this is a children's book from the past. And this is a, a little cross section or a little, you know, a, a little, yeah, I guess cross section, like a little, sure, just a little sure. slice of the past. So I, I I get that you might find yourself as like okay if we're making this for today's audiences like we need to uh to adapt or or adopt today's sensibilities 
I, I get all that. So like, let, let's say we're talking about like Huckleberry Finn. You know, we might drop some inwards if we're if we're writing it as a book for today's audience, as opposed to sure. using it as a literary exercise to explore the past, because like those are different things, I think. And I think that if you're in a, a literary history class, you should be reading the original. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then maybe even reading the 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 rewrite so you can see what they thought was was need to change or whatever. And I think there's some some scholastic merit to that. But the word ugly, <laughs> like I, I, you know, like I, was, I, you know, I brought up Huckleberry Finn because I, I believe there's a lot of inward, yes, oh, yeah. in that in yeah. that book, and I, and I believe that that did get censored at some point. I think it got re-released, or or at least there was a discussion about re-releasing mm-hmm. a censored version of it, something like that. Yeah, and and I, and I get that. It's like okay, that that's a, that's a word that is like objectively offensive. Now, I, I I think I'm comfortable saying objectively offensive. It's obviously subjectively offensive as well. But I, but I think that that we can agree that the the origins of that word going back to what they go back to slavery and the like that's not something we want to be encouraging people to call African Americans. Sure, sure. Right. So yeah. like I think we can I think we can be on board this. Like if you're making this book for audiences of today to read, we're going to remove that word, and that makes sense. Gotcha. It's a little weird to just be like, oh, let's just grab a book that that was and change it slightly and re-release it. Like, but I'm not too surprised. Like we do, we remakes all the time. Disney's always bringing shit out of the animated vault, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, so I get trying to like reuse something from the past. But again, that's that's if you're creating it as a source of entertainment for today's audience. But but the word ugly doesn't <laughs> fall into those. No, definitely not. Definitely into that not. category for for me. I I don't I don't think like are, are we just not allowed to have words that describe things that are not favorable? Is that not – is that where we are? Uh, it makes me think of I, – I saw something, you know, uh, how, you know, real it was is, is you know, up, it's on the internet, so, you know, it's up for okay. debate. But sure. it, it's – I've seen, like, uh, it, like under the, 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 the guise of, you know, the, the post being like, oh, I, I saw this, like, my work sent me this or something, and it's like a table of, you know – like like change your language like change your wording to not use you know combative language or, or like it didn't say offensive exactly something like combative or like you know uh, negative actions and it was like common phrases where they just changed it slightly right. I can't think of any examples but yeah that's that, to answer your question I think it seems like oh this could be construed as somewhat offensive in some context we should just avoid that <laughs> which is very odd to me I think I've probably mentioned this before. But I, I think it bears repeating because obviously it bears repeating. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't be in this situation. The way that you best help people is not protect them. Sure. Because the world is never going to be safe. Uh, that's just a fact. There will always be people that are out there to hurt you or that are out there for their own benefit and their own benefit w- might include hurting you. That's always going to be the case. You do not do anybody any favors by protecting them from that in the way that you're shielding them from those experiences. You do them favors by by helping them become strong enough to deal with those things. Yeah, yeah. You you make them a a more well-rounded adult, a well-rounded person if if they can confront adversity head on and and deal with it and and come out the other side, you know, at, at least functioning still. Like you don't Obviously, there are some things that that just can't be the case for. Like there are some types of trauma and, and things of that nature that you're just not going to walk away unscathed from. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But the word "ugly," <laughs> like that's not. Who are you helping exactly. by saying that yeah. we can't call people like? Is it people things? Like there's obviously "ugly" can be used for 
for a bunch of different things. I mean, I described the Trunchbull character as hard to look at. Sure, yeah. Would people rather hear that? Instead of saying ugly, do they want me to say hard to look at? Because I'm I'm kind of okay with that. I, so, I think hard to look at's funny. <laughs> yeah. So so here's some other examples that I'm glad I pulled up so we could we could get these specific ones. Um. So from this NPR article in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Augustus Gloop, the 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 glutton the gluttonous child in the group, uh, is no longer called fat. He is now described as enormous. Is uh, that better? That's exactly. Yeah, I think that's what we're both getting at. It's just kind of like you know. Enormous? What is that? What is that purposely like? What is if, that doing? If somebody <laughs> called me enormous as a kid when I was fat, I think that would have been more offensive to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> like, like not only are you saying that I am overweight, which I, you know, as a kid I was, you're saying that like I'm bigger than things ought to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enormous is a uh, is a flashy word, you know. Yeah, that's I don't. That's strange. It it's also goes on to say in the same Charlie and the Chocolate Factory book, uh, Oompa Loompas are no longer small men. They are small people. Uh, I think that, that of course, is uh, we have nothing wrong with that because it's, yeah, it's true, you know. Uh, in the Tim Burton movie, uh, they're all one person. They're all Deep Roy. They're all played by the same actor. Uh, right. <laughs> this one is really interesting, though. This is This is... Something I, I did not know until, you know, now digging into this article. So uh, this says, quote, further, the changes to these books include adding language not originally written by Dahl. In his 1983 book, The Witches, he writes that the witches are bald beneath their wigs. An added line in New Edition says, there are plenty of other reasons why women might wear wigs, and there is certainly nothing wrong with that. <laughs> this is now i'm like this is this so, is insane <laughs> so we have to like not only can we what precedent is this setting i i don't know um like like we're we're supposed to say like this situation that i've described in in this case it's happening for this reason but there are other reasons like, do we have to say that for everything now? I, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, so the, That's the, crazy. the purpose of this would, I mean, the, the intention that I'm assuming behind adding this line in the book is that they don't want kids to read it and be like, oh, these characters are wearing wigs because they're bald. Anyone who wears a wig must be bald. Right? Like that, that's uh, what it's, it's well, trying okay, to so circumvent. People wear wigs for a couple of reasons. Either they don't like their hair or they want their hair to be a different style or something yeah or they're balding like those are probably the only reasons balding or bald and in some cases they're bald because of you know medical treatments or yeah. something of the like yeah and a lot of those people don't wear wigs actually they they wear something else that covers their head so that they don't catch a chill i imagine is, is <laughs> why sure. you I, I don't know that just sounds exhausting i agree like every t every time we suggest that like this person is doing like, obviously, okay, so, like, this character's a, a bad character, and they're wearing this for this reason that maybe is not desirable. And then we just have to spend an extra sentence saying that other people can do it for different reasons? Like, that's not storytelling anymore. No, that's, no, not at all. It's, it's something worse than editorializing. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. All right. Let's go, I guess. That is... Yeah, that I find that pretty fascinating. Like you said, not storytelling. That's a really good way to put it. That is that is just, like, bloat in in like text form <laughs> yeah well it, it's it's just like introducing your I, I maybe introducing your own bias to prevent a different bias something like that yeah i guess yeah i i don't know that's that's strange 
Okay, so here we. I, I found the thing I referenced earlier. It's in the Twits. Mrs. Twit is no longer ugly and beastly, just beastly. So they just removed the word ugly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that the world is now a better place. <laughs> I you, think you know, that sure. this is we have we have saved something. Um, <laughs> I don't know what, but we've saved something. <laughs> So the, if you're removing the word ugly and not the word beastly, that surely isn't just about the possibility of offending people. Like, beastly is still... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if you're describing a woman as beastly, that's still not a pleasant or nice thing to be saying. So what's the point, then? I could kind of understand if if the goal was, you know, avoiding offensive terms. I, I don't think that that is a, a good reason to remove the word ugly anyway. But they're not avoiding offensive terms. They're just avoiding some offensive terms. Yeah, yeah. Or replacing them with with alternatively offensive terms. Like, what's the point? Yeah, it makes me think of. Uh, I know we've talked about before, like what that that term of uh, uh, derogatory drift. You know. Oh and yeah. I feel like that's all this will accomplish in the long run is like more kids that are reading. You know, say roll doll books in this example, but so like you know reading things in general, and and these words are removed. Like they're getting rid right. of fat. They're getting rid of ugly. They're the gonna kids, start calling kids enormous. Yeah, in their life. exactly. They're just gonna go. You're beastly. Enormous. You're enormous. You know. Yeah. And it's like, and, and I don't know. Some kid on a playground somewhere is gonna be like. I know that there are many reasons that a woman could wear a wig, but you are wearing a wig because you are bald, you know, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Like that, that their insults are going to have these, you know, uh, editorialized so things. Long and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like I'm reminded of like the plot of Total Recall and that it's ridiculously convoluted. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Uh, this, this censorship, but yeah, like you said, uh, it, it is getting some backlash and I think that, they're probably walking the Roald Dahl estate or company, or I guess whoever publishes his books, uh, is rolling that rolling back on this uh, this censorship and and changing words and stuff. A good, I mean, it's good that it's getting backlash because people. I, I think you you said it best with your like, is it for an academic reason or is it for reading it? You know, for today, uh, in in the day and age, I think that you know, like you said, those two instances kind of break it down pretty nicely. Where what what is the uh, like the goal of these things? Uh, but right. have you can have both. That's fine. As I was describing in that in that discussion, like I, you know, adopting the sensibilities of today when when rewriting a work, I get, but I don't know that the sensibilities of today include that the word ugly shouldn't be used. Sure, sure. Uh, fat, I can see because fat shaming is is all the, all the rage these days. Uh, I guess maybe fat shaming, it, it, saying things are fat shaming is all the rage. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm I don't know. I'm just reminded of a lyric from a Tom McDonald song where he says something about like. We're supposed to believe fat is beautiful. Name a thing that you can't do. Jumping jacks, run a mile, live fast 42. Oh, sure, sure. Now, being fat is beautiful. Name a thing that you can't do. Jumping jacks, run a mile, live past 42. I guess what I'm getting at is there, there, it's not the case that there are no consequences to these ideas being normalized. And so I think that that... But but again, they're replacing it with the word enormous. Like, that's not... That's, that's maybe saying more. Yeah, yeah. Than... Oh, you know, fat. Fat could be anything from like moderately overweight to severely overweight. Enormous. Yeah, that's. I'm thinking severely word. overweight, yeah. straight to straight away. You know, we're talking, sure. we're talking morbidly obese. I, I can only imagine. I don't know. That's just that's so weird. <laughs> Definitely, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> so I on this topic of uh, of you know strange things to say or you know stupid things to say. Uh, 
there were some lines in this movie that I from from Matilda that I wanted to point out that uh, I'm just like, oh, oh, God, what is this? Um, the first one is I don't have the exact line written down, but when when she's uh, polishing off the board uh, it, when she first gets to Miss Honey's classroom. Yeah. Um, she says some shit about prime numbers that is just nonsense, from what I remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't quite catch the line. What does she say? I don't. I don't have it written down. I have to put the clip in, but it is not like cohe- coherent in at all. <laughs> it's almost like that the scene from Big Bang Theory where Sheldon's like, you know how prime numbers are are like pink, and people are like, what? <laughs> have, you, have you seen this episode? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, so like they have Sheldon sit down and look at some numbers to like find patterns. And okay. he like finds a pattern almost immediately. And they're like, what is this? He's like, you know how like some some numbers or like prime numbers are pink and like dual primes smell like gasoline? Like okay, he, he says okay. like synesthesia, <laughs> but about prime numbers. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Which would be really useful, I guess. Um Sure. But but no, I, I, I remember it being like not really coherent. And then also like the dumbfounded look on their face when they were like She's she's just like common sense dictates that one of the numbers was zero to begin with. Like, Bitch, that's not common sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's a zero factor property or whatever or whatever it's called. I don't remember because it's been so long. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I, I speak. I guess on the topic of math, we should also talk about we see a kid in Miss Honey's class literally have a panic attack about quadratic af- equations. Yeah, after seeing or, like functions yeah. on the board. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just the the product of two quadratics. Uh, yeah, I I didn't. Uh, they don't really focus on it a lot, but you know, it, it just looks like basic. You know, they they pull tr- some tricky shit when they put letters in math, Ben. Okay, All right, we know yeah. that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, if I remember right, it, it is just two quadratics written in parentheses being multiplied by each other, set okay. equal to zero, and then she factors each of the quadratics and sets all of them equal to zero, and and finds the four solutions or whatever. I it think is. she polished polished it off. I think that's what she did. Yeah, <laughs> you said to polish it off. You said to polish it off. Uh, the other uh, thing is, uh, once I don't have the lines written down because this one's actually like it's a good chunk of lines at the start of um, the song about like Matilda's song about herself and like what's well, really when her powers you know start to awaken. She says some. She's she's like, what if like when I see red, it isn't what you see is red or like it, yeah. And then yeah. she summed up the speed of light, and it goes on for a, like a chunk, and I'm just like. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. You know, that actually feels very Tim Minchin-y, actually, now that you mention it. Okay, okay. I don't know. That's also, like, Vsauce, like, YouTube Vsauce. Like, one of the first videos he ever does is, like, do we see the same thing when we yeah. look at colors? Yeah, yeah. It's like, maybe, maybe not. Is it relevant? I don't know. That's one of those things where I'm like, I, I, I get it. Like, it's, it's a neat idea that we might look at colors and see different things. And still call them the same color because that's what our representative colors are called. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like you might see what what I would call neon green when you see red. Sure. At the end of the day, that doesn't matter because I'll never know what you see. I'll only know what we decide to call it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like at some point I was like definitely intrigued by this idea. And then at some other point I was like, it, it it's it's an almost entirely irrelevant. Yes. Yeah. It's uh it's it's like the um the shower thought thing, the high thought thing where it's yeah, just yeah. like it seems yeah. it seems so like deep and then you're just kind of like, eh, you know. <laughs> it doesn't like you said it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh so. but it goes on so long and the stu- whatever she says about like speed of light and stuff like that. Oh yeah, the if you are moving at the speed of light and have a flashlight that the light will move away from you at the speed of light or whatever. It's like really really wordy. Yes, it, wordy is a good way to put it, and I'm just like, do the song, you know, just do, just do the song. 
yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't know what would possess them to like. I don't decide to have this like science y shower thought y wordy yeah, song in yeah. this in this show or in this movie. I I, I didn't really uh, understand that, but you know whatever. It's it's all it's it's like we said it's bloated. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's it's it should be so much shorter. And well, uh, and it, it like it doesn't even make sense. Like why? That's not relevant to anything that's happening in the movie. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it would be one thing if, if for whatever reason colors and the way people saw colors was like really relevant to the story. Like she maybe she got in trouble for saying a color was a different color than it was or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that th- then at least there would be some kind of argument for that being in in there as a song, but I I don't know. I just it didn't didn't feel right to me. Not, not at all. <laughs> it's so and it's there's so many of those that are it's like it, the something doesn't feel right. Or a song goes on too long, and we're like, "This isn't adding any new information." It's so easy to edit this down, you know. Oh yeah, uh, I I would imagine that I I didn't do too much digging into the actual stage play that this is based on, but I would imagine when they adapted this, since it is you know the same director, the same writer, uh, I definitely don't think it's the same. You know, they didn't they might have taken some people, but it's not like this is the whole original cast as well. I I just imagine they're like, oh, if it's in the musical, it's going to be in the movie. Like they were like, I would imagine that this is a, a very much just like a straight adaptation. They're like, oh, we we love all the stuff in the musical, so of course we're going to keep it in the in the movie version. Mm. When you probably need to edit it down, you know, because there's a reason that like plays and and like seeing a play live is different from like a movie. You know, there's different languages to it and stuff like that. Right. I I mean I don't know I still wouldn't have wanted to see this in a theater <laughs> being performed you know on the big screen or whatever. Um, I did see somebody do do an interview with the actress that played Matilda, and they said something about living in Los Angeles or something. So they went to Netflix and saw it on the big screen. Okay. Do you know anything about that? Is that a thing? Like, does Netflix have like a an actual theater? Um, they probably I've never heard of it, but they probably do. Um, because. There's like these weird rules that the like the Academy Awards have to be like if a movie can be in consideration like for an Academy Award and one of those rules is it has to the movie like has to have been in theaters like gotten a theatrical release for some amount of time or like some oh. some amount of screens and I've heard that like so like the way that like Hulu and Netflix and all these streaming services can have their movies um put Consider- into considered for the Oscars they will like they will have just a theater they'll like be like okay this is going to play in one theater like once and that's enough to count so it can be considered oh, wow. for an oscar so i would not be surprised if like netflix had their own theater where they could like play a movie and be like it's it's a theatrical movie so we have to like the oscars have to consider it i could see that totally being the case <laughs> I, when she when she said that i was like that's fucking weird <laughs> you know <laughs> like i i would not have gone anywhere to sit for two hours and watch this <laughs> i think i watched it in two different sittings okay in my right, house right like I, I watched part of it and then paused it and yeah it's rough uh yeah okay you don't want to go see netflix movies in the theater <laughs> i mean some of them like I, I would watch uh the the ones with thor what's his name hemsworth the the extraction or whatever oh okay. like I, i'd go watch i'd go watch that in theaters that's a fun movie uh, we got to get our own like home theaters and just never, never leave our own oh, home theater. <laughs> you, you, you better believe. Uh, whenever I, if, if and when it becomes time for me to upgrade my house, uh, I'm gonna get a finished basement that is a theater. Right on. So you can watch like, stuff like Matilda the Musical on it. Definitely on the big screen. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go straight up projector from the ceiling theater style. Right on. Yeah. All but that bl- all that cost and and you know effort for Matilda the musical, of course. Right. <laughs> well, and oddly enough, you know you can get a pretty nice projector and have it displayed on a giant ass screen for pretty cheap oh, compared yeah. to like getting a similar size TV. So, totally gonna be doing that. Right on. Right on. I think uh, I think the other things that I wanted to mention. It's not the greatest thing that I think they, they changed the name of the school from Crunchum Hall to the Big Friendly School. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and then the end of the movie is like, you know, of course, um, Matilda gets to stay with Miss Honey and, and the school and stuff like that. But their school, like, turns into a circus? Is that is that what you got? Because there's, like, a giraffe and a Ferris wheel and rides and, and I, like, I assumed it was corn. kind of like, you know, like a field day where they have, like, a special event happening. But it's not clear at all. It, it could have been that they were like permanently a circus. That I I just kind of I guess chose to believe that they were now permanently a circus. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, she, Honey has to teach him about escapology. Exactly. Uh, or I'm sorry, escapology. Escapology. <laughs> Which is just a word that her dad says to her, and then she uh, quote unquote makes up a story about it that yes. happens to be real. Yeah, exactly. So, Why does the dad say it? Es- escapologist. Do you remember? He, he says he's not one. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, right I don't. On. I don't remember why <laughs> escaping is a thing of concern at the moment. Yeah. But he's like, I'm, yeah, I'm not some es- escapologist. And then, like, there's some part of me that's like, I'm pretty sure that's not a word. Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely does not. You know, like roll off the tongue easily. <laughs> at least Matilda did something. Yeah. <laughs> Gave us a word. No, uh, but she was also a little bit naughty, and that was. She was. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I. I. Some part of me, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm somewhat jaded or something. I'm, I'm getting old enough now that, like, I, I hear somebody say something about being naughty, and I'm like, mm, this is a little too sexual for a child. <laughs> and and really, it's not right. Like, I that's that would just be me imposing my beliefs on on the world if I was like, that's she shouldn't be saying that. That's too too sexualized. <laughs> but it, it felt a little weird. She's like, Sometimes you gotta be a little bit naughty, and I was like, oh, I. <sighs> I think you your mind is in the gutter, Ben. I think yeah. you have a dirty a dirty mind. I was and... like, she's too young for this. <laughs> I uh, I I very much I would say that yeah you're right about uh, you know the uh, the sexual uh, you know connection to the word naughty. But I am definitely one of the kids who is just imprinted on by the um, what's his name? Is it Fred the the um, the the barber character from Courage the Cowardly Dog that just wants to shave people? And like the whole episode, he's she's trying to shave courage. And in in that episode, he very frequently like says naughty in a very creepy way. And I rem- oh. I, I definitely think of that when I hear naughty as well. <laughs> courage. <laughs> Your hair. It reminds me of the first time I knew just how I felt about hair. It was a day I'd not forget. The day that I first met my pet. Oh, what a lovely gift to get. I'd never felt so... naughty. My fuzzy friend is what he was. This darling little ball of fuzz. And oh, such fuzz, such fuzz, it does demand that I be naughty. He looked at me.
Lady his fetching eyes, and fetching fur did hypnotize. I filled with joy, I filled with sighs, and that's when I got naughty. <laughs> Now, now. You shouldn't play in the toilet. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm too far gone, I guess. You're too far gone. <laughs> it's game over for you. you know? That's right. You should she just is. call it quits. I think. It's like, why are you talking about this kid being naughty? Like, that's... <laughs> she got whips and chains and shit? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> what's going uh, on here? I like that. <laughs> she does have but, chains. She makes a chain monster. Eventually, yeah. 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 She's... A bedroom escapologist or something. <laughs> uh, so I, the reason I keep bringing up the, the nice song, though, is like, I, I think I did mention it's like it's like the one song that really stuck with me as like a yeah. decent, catchy song. But there is some stuff in 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 the the choreography for that song I, I want to talk about. I think the the first thing I want to talk about is when she lays on the bears. Okay, like the, her parents have so many stuffed bears. Yes, <laughs> in their bedroom, which I thought was insane. But she's like, I can hardly bear it, and she falls down on some bears, and I was like, that's cute. You know, I'm I'm with it. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then she does a handstand on the roof. Yep. And I'm like, this looks bad. <laughs> like, it doesn't look like a person doing a handstand. And yeah. then when they put the, the camera there, seeing her upside down, I'm like, it doesn't, I don't believe she's doing a handstand from the filming perspective. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, I guess before the bears, the cartwheel, it's like so clear that that's not the actress. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they just did, they did the bare minimum where they were just like, you turn your back to the camera and do a cartwheel. Yep. Yeah, like, why exactly. is she turning her back to the camera? Because it's not her face, and we'll know that. Like, that's why. Yeah, and the movie itself, like we said earlier, it's extremely stylized. It's not like it's stylized so heavily that it can cover up these, like, poor effects or poor visual, like, quality of these effects. Right. Um, so it, it it's not doing itself any favors, you know? It, no. it looks weird and stylized in one way that's not helping it out with, with like, the seams showing. <laughs> Well, and, and like I, I, I totally had the, it was like they could have avoided the cartwheel, they could have avoided the handstand, and yeah. was, that, that scene would have still been just as impactful, if not more so, because I wouldn't have been distracted by the bad cartwheel and the bad handstand. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and like you know, she's talking about like every, every escape begins with the click of a lock or, or the tick of a clock or somebody's Something, doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I'm a bad person. Um, every naughty event begins with the lick of a cock, Rob. <laughs> yeah you're too far gone too far gone i think i think um, we have to institutionalize you you know i'm just saying those those syllables they put them there like that's not my fault <laughs> they put them there they, they gave me the rhyme do you think that's how they they wrote it in a very like vulgar and adult way and then just changed it to kid-friendly stuff definitely do you think that was their their procedure <laughs> <laughs> that's how i write all children's things i mean that's how like lion king was written i think it's a com- yeah, it's a common ch- uh, children's you know writing uh, tool well, technique. You I mean, know, you you have to give something for the parents to be entertained by because otherwise, why are they going to take their kids to theaters? <laughs> exactly. Like just because their kid will enjoy it, like fuck that. You know, gotta be something in there for me. I like I like that. <laughs> gotta be something in there for me. Yep. <laughs> gotta be a sex joke for me. <laughs> That's right. Um, I I am definitely uh, deeply upset by the lack of uh, the song "Send Me on My Way" by Rusted Root because that is like the song that. Whenever you hear it, kids in our age group think Matilda because it's used in that uh, in that movie so often.
It's like shocking to me how many how many people if you talk about the 1996 Matilda or and you like you know hear or you hear that song many people would be like oh yeah Matilda uh, but like no one knows that Danny DeVito directed it <laughs> you know it's like more people know it for a song than for uh, the, the the filmmaking uh, the yeah and the the director this one though I, I think uh, you know I'm glad that they didn't do the if you remember Ben from the 1996 one Danny DeVito has that line where he's like you know. I'm big, you're small. I'm right, you're wrong, and it's like he, I'm it, smart, you're dumb. Yeah, all that stuff. I, I am, I am glad, but very surprised that they didn't use that in this adaptation. Like I thought oh, that was going to be are, like. Why are you glad? Because uh, they didn't ruin it. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't just like a, a thing that, that that got to be like, oh man, you know, they just they uh they they botched another line from this original oh, okay. good movie. You know, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, I actually, I just pulled up Simi on my way so I could uh, refresh myself. That's totally. Uh, <laughs> Right, yeah. T- totally, Matilda. Send me on my way. <laughs> yeah. Send me yeah. on my way. It's a, yeah, it's a good song, and it's a, it's tied to Matilda for sure. <laughs> right. That is that is surprising that they didn't use that at all. But I mean, I guess they were going for for musical, so they probably don't. They wouldn't use all original songs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All ori- Yeah. Uh, they would have had to get licensing rights. It, it probably would have been odd for them to like. Because, you know, like what, um, Moulin Rouge is, is that like jukebox feel because all the songs, I, th- I think there's very few original songs for Moulin Rouge. Right. And and so it's like. Well, they, I mean, they were. I, OK, I, I agree with you that it would have been the, the jukebox film. We would have gotten that like, well, it's not an original song. It's barely a musical. Yeah. yeah. But they were already not using the music to advance the plot. Yes. It might as well have at least made a decent music. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I like that. I like that thought. <laughs> it could have like, been at least decent music. Yeah. I just I was not impressed with like i said most of the songs that weren't matilda singing them i was not impressed they do they do keep from the original i think it's really just because it's so inherent to the matilda story uh bruce bogtrotter having to eat the whole cake uh that's in, oh yeah in, in i think in, in all versions of the story um that song that, uh, was not... that's a, a murder by the way <laughs> well sure that, yeah <laughs> i just want to throw that out there like trunchbull did a murder at that moment but anyway continue. <laughs> i'm gonna do a murder on you yeah, it, it it is it is definitely uh not not good. You shouldn't eat that much cake, you know. I mean, if if anything, she, she may have given this kid diabetes later in life. Like he's going to develop diabetes, and they'll be like, oh, it probably is that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. It's probably that event. You know, <laughs> normally with people we can't really pinpoint it, but with you we got it. Like it was yeah. that one time that you had to eat a <laughs> right. four-tier cake or whatever. Right, was. exactly. They also keep. It's actually kept from the the '96 movie and made into a bigger like deal. It's not a huge deal, but. In the 96 film, there is certainly a point where 
Trunchbull drinks water and then sees the newt in it and freaks yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this movie, the newt and the little girl are, like, in love for the rest of the... There's a subplot about this, you know? Like, this little girl and this newt are seen together or, like, have little moments together for the rest of the movie. <laughs> no, from the beginning of the movie. She has the newt when she first meets Matilda. Oh, she... Oh, God, yes, you're right. Jesus, yeah. yeah. Why expand the on newt, that? <laughs> the newt is a character. Yeah, why, 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 like, make that more of a focus? That's so odd. <laughs> I, I guess to explain why she had a newt, but, like, it, they also could have just leaned on the fact that they were already outside. Yeah. To explain I'm, that. I'm pretty so sure in the original, it's like they're, they're on, like, a little field, like, Miss Honey's class are on, like, a little field trip to, like, a creek or something. And the girl, like, is like, look at this newt and takes it with her. And it's, I it's found like, a newt. It's, that's very simple storytelling, you know? She turned me into a newt. <laughs> This movie is like we need we need a whole like a newt arc, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was an odd odd choice for sure. I'm with it. Uh, do you, you know? think uh, Do you think you're gonna watch this again before you get your big projector home theater because uh, you're just dying to uh, to see it again? <laughs> I, I I have watched the song like I've just pulled up the the naughty song on YouTube several times. Okay. Watch that because okay. that's right. like the only part worth watching. I think. <laughs> It's like I said. It's like a great, like rebellious. Sure, song. sure. Like, I don't. I don't know. You got. You got. If you got at least one banger out of this, it, it, that's a good thing. It's. A, it's a win. I. I would consider. I it mean, a win there. Than a win. We both know that there are adventure episodes of Adventure Time that have more bangers than this entire musical. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, any other uh, moments or any other songs or anything you wanted to highlight from Matilda the musical? They skipped the whole scene where they like, break into Trunchbull's house. Yeah, yeah, yep. Like, we didn't see Trunchbull's house to the very end. Nope. Yeah, they cut all that out uh, because they replaced it because with they the replaced, uh, yeah. escapologist the... story and the circus act and all that stuff, yep. uh, which which ended up not just being a way to tell that story, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I thought that was very strange. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe there's some, like I said, I didn't look into too much. Maybe there's some, you know, things uh, in the play that make it, you know, uh, work together better, but this movie was just kind of seemed to they just jammed it in there and uh, were like, hey, you know, musical. That's what we got, and they and they they did it. Damn it, it failed as a musical, but it was a musical. <laughs> Definitely was a musical. Yeah, that's, that's, like that. that's our that should be our review. Like the the quote on the box, you know, it it it's, it says Matilda the musical. And then underneath is the te- like our our little quote that says it definitely is a musical. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not not a musical. Yeah. Okay. Well, then if there's nothing else, Ben, uh, uh, this uh, this the, this remakes kind of uh, four movies we've covered. There haven't been uh, there haven't been any really good ones, you know. <laughs> I I was thinking about this the other night. I think Death Race. I, I think I ranked these. It's, it goes. It definitely goes. Death Race, Ghost in the Shell. And then I think Matilda and Total Recall are tied for the bottom. Okay, okay, yeah. Th- th- this was this was a-, a good idea on paper to do remakes. <laughs> uh, it turns out that all four of these remakes just sucked. So uh, I guess when you know, as years <laughs> go by, we get four more remakes. Uh, we'll we'll hopefully you know. But I guess that's kind of been. Uh, we didn't really I mean, say it explicitly. They're trying to but... remake Lord of the Rings, Rob. Already. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it's just an inevitability of when we're going to get remakes of things. And uh, But this we never explicitly stated it, but this is kind of, you know, the expectation was that these were not going to be good, right? I don't think uh, we went into it actively being like, oh, these are going to be bad, they're remakes. I think we were just kind of like, you know, we knew somewhere deep down that 
what we were doing to ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I went in a little like I, I definitely enjoyed uh, Death Race uh, from the standpoint of of just like a standalone movie. Now, as a remake, I can't judge sure, it because. Sure. But like with the exception of that one, I, in Ghost in the Shell, I didn't hate. But no, with the except like I hated Total Recall. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I even talked to somebody about it recently, and they're like, yeah, it was pretty bad. And then I told them the whole thing, like, why did they make the guy lose his memory? And he was like, oh, my God, I never even considered that. That doesn't make any sense. And I was like, yeah, that's how fucking bad this movie is. Like, you thought it was bad, and you didn't even consider that. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, we'll have to see uh, what we get when we get more remakes of things, as we cover more things that have remakes, or as more remakes inevitably come out. You know, like you said, Lord of the Rings. I mean, we're going to have to get a Harry Potter remake sometime soon. Uh, any anything is going to get remade. I don't know, man. JKR is a transphobe now. So. Oh yeah, that's yes. That, that there's controversy there. Uh, that hasn't stopped anybody before. <laughs> it it did get one of the game. Oh, the the Hogwarts Legacy game got banned from like a specific charity event channel where people play games. Interesting. So to, okay. despite J.K. Rowling. They reduced the amount of money they can make for charity, I think, is what we're supposed to take from that. Okay. <laughs> if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Yep, I, I, get, I guess so. So, yep, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back to remakes one day. Hopefully we'll get a good one. Uh, but for this one, Matilda the Musical, I think it's going to just be across the board. I don't actually don't remember from all four of these movies, but I, I'm once again saying no to both Cinemodity and Late Night. This, this could have been a Cinemodity with its, its extreme style and stuff, but if it was at like 80 minutes and it could sustain it, and it cut out a lot of the fat, the bloat, and it just was, and it was way more, you know, engaging and and trimmed down. I think it could have been a cinematic because it definitely is stylized. Uh, it mm. just it just gets so, you know, it, it can't sustain itself for two fucking hours. And late night, no, I don't, I don't want to see this again. <laughs> you know, I I would definitely say, I think we talked about some of these remakes in the sense of like, you're as a late night movie, you could watch it and be like, you know, oh, have you seen this movie? Have you seen the remake of it? Sometimes that's interesting, you know, if someone's seen the original and you, you can watch the remake or vice versa. I This is an instance where I'd be like, you know, oh, have you seen the Matilda remake? No, you don't have to. Like, it's, you're not going to get anything new from it. The original's the better version. <laughs> I, I think I, I'm recalling, like, I don't know which comedian it is, but there's some comedian who's like, if you ever have the chance to go there, pass it up. <laughs> sure, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel with this movie. So if you ever have the chance to watch this movie, don't take it. Do something else. I would agree. <laughs> now, unless you either want to be angry, okay, or you want to fall asleep. Sure, sure. Cure for insomnia type of thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those are the those are the two circumstances. Like, if you want to be angry at a remake, and you liked the first Matilda, mm-hmm. watch this one. Yeah, I, I I like that. You know, it's an it's an anger inducer for sure. <laughs> Uh, or, or, or if you're a masochist, because apparently... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> well, I, somebody asked me something, and I was like, contrary to popular belief, I'm not a masochist. Was that in the Total Recall conversation? Maybe, maybe. It sounds familiar, but uh, I feel like we could have we could have talked about so many things, it, it, or that could have come up in so many things we've talked about recently. <laughs> you probably asked me if I was going to watch Total Recall again. So yeah, it's it's definitely not a late night. Um, did you say your cinemodities yet? Or, or oh, um, I'm no across the board. Okay, right on. Yeah, I, I figured the, the two column board. Yeah, that we discussed. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I I I figured. Then for for uh, snacks in the restaurant, I don't have too many for this one. Um, 
I, I definitely – I didn't write down in what context it happens, but somewhere in earlier in the movie, I think it, when they first get to the school, uh, someone says the, the, the words licorice all sorts. Oh, yeah. I just yeah, like that sorts. phrase. Yeah, all, all sorts. So we should definitely have some licorice all sorts. Um, <laughs> there's something great about that word to me, you know, all sorts. <laughs> we should have some newt water. Um, so that's that's the other thing I have. Is, similar uh, to hot dog water. Hot, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> I like that. Like hot dog, hot dog water is a great um, <laughs> analogy for that. Um, I was thinking something like uh, uh, newts and knickers, like because she's like, "There's a newt in my knickers." Uh, Trunchbull says that a bunch at one point, and uh, I definitely newts think and that boots. Newts, newts and boots. I mean, that feels that feels like an Adventure Time thing. There's almost there's certainly an episode where Finn said something about. Something in boots, right? Sure, yeah, a hundred percent. Toots and boots, or anyway, yeah. So yeah, it might I mean, even be boots and boots. I we could know. just, you know, I, I wasn't even thinking we make this like a dish or anything, like something that looks like knickers or boots now and have a newt in it. I, I definitely just, just out in the restaurant. Yeah, I think it's just we can put newts in people's clothes. Oh, okay, like as they come in. Yeah, or, or you know, at at a, at a certain time throughout the uh, throughout the dinner, you know, or the the uh, the. When they're there, I guess. <laughs> um, but I, I think there is something interesting to like. You know, you could make something like uh, like knickers, like something at, like a. There's a newt inside, because you can eat a newt, right? Uh, oh, they do in Spirited Away, you know, f- fried newt. Um, but you know, I would imagine that you just can, you know, like deep fry it and just eat it all in one bite, right? That'd be good. You can chomp down on a newt. I don't know if you're gonna survive afterwards. <laughs> like, you can eat almost anything sure. if you can get your teeth through it. But I don't know that it's going to be a good decision. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, anything else for the restaurant? Because I, I didn't really have a lot, you know, for this this uh, this this musical. I, I We should just subject people to this musical. I feel like... We're trying to torture them. Haven't we told... Uh, did, oh, I remember. It's been a while, that, but it came back to me. I, I, we have tortured people in the restaurant before. Um, we've done it by playing Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, oh. And so they just lose their mind when the theme song plays, uh, you know, for the the 120th time in five minutes. Um, <laughs> uh, so we could add this to the, the torturousness. This one isn't as like I feel like you know we described the Beverly Hills Cop thing like as a form of torture because they play that fucking so- that song so much, and then the rest of the movie is damn near silent. This one uh, isn't as torturous, you know. That's true. But That's maybe very- maybe this is the uh, the torture for like I don't know I guess that does I was about to say this could be like the torture movie for the sin emodities kids portion of the restaurant but then that brings up the actual question do, do kids like this like this is targeted to children you know I don't know I saw kids wearing uh, Space Jam and New Legacy clothes <laughs> so I think that we can't rely on kids to have any like decent taste. I don't know. Space Jam: A New Legacy was pretty great, from what a I remember. A national treasure. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, have you? Speaking of Space Jam: A New Legacy, uh, which of course we did on our Patreon. Have I seen National Treasure? Yes. Um, <laughs> have you heard of this? It, it's a more recent movie. I think it's been out for a while. It, it's called House Party. Have you? Do you know anything about this movie? No. So the premise see. is that these, like, I think this, like, one kid or uh, two friends, they're hired to like clean a house over a weekend like clean a mansion and they find out that the mansion like the weekend that they're cleaning it like no one's going to be there and it's owned by lebron so the premise is then they throw a wild house party in lebron's house i don't know what happens in the movie i just know that this is the premise i have heard though that lebron is in this movie in the form even though he's like away from his house for this weekend he's in this Mm -hmm. movie in the form of like 
holograms that are set up around his house. And from what I gathered and was told about this or heard about this is that these holograms are like him self-motivating himself. So like he'll see these holograms as he's walking around his house and it'll like it'll it's like his daily affirmations almost. And I just had the thought, well, like the next big like LeBron is a main actor in this movie is this movie House Party. He's still sucking his own dick. <laughs> like he can't <laughs> stop making movies where he's the greatest person in existence. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. Is like It seems like something LeBron would do to have holograms of himself around his house. Yeah. And, like, what other form of, like, self or self... Not flatulation. That's not right <laughs> I know what you mean, but I like that. <laughs> <laughs> fellatio. Self-fellatio. Yeah, he uh, he's into that. That's his his style as a as it's not even like as an actor as as, as the movies person. he's in. You know, yeah. <laughs> I got to be the best. I got to make sure everybody knows I'm the best. You know, I can save like, the day from the the. I'm surprised Don we even Gio. know what his face looks like since he's <laughs> since it's probably always up there in his crotch. <laughs> up there in his crotch, but yeah, uh, house party, Ben. Check it out. Watch it on your home theater. Uh, I hope LeBron James hears this someday, and knows that. I don't care whether he's good at basketball or not. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't be okay with somebody who's that into their own self. That is, like, that is fair. Yep. Yep. Like he probably sniffs his farts and enjoys it. Like that's <laughs> like the level. It's just, it's so bad. So rough. Uh, but yeah, so we'll have to see when uh, his next big movie comes out. I don't know in what a year or something like that. We'll see how, uh, if, if it falls into this category and that, that'll just be his thing. You know, <laughs> it probably will fall into that category. You know, I would not be surprised. It's probably like it might even be an actual porn <laughs> of him just sucking his own dick. That would be wild if that actually came out. Oh, that would yeah, be wild. Yeah. We would have to cover it. <laughs> um, okay, anything else for uh, for the restaurant or any final thoughts on Matilda the musical? If you have a chance to watch it, pass it up. <laughs> right on. <laughs> And I figured, because uh, I'm pretty sure that way back when, when we did the first uh, episode on the first Matilda, we played Send Me On My Way in reverse. Send Me On My Way. The other thing that would have been in contention uh, is uh, the song Matilda by Alt-J. So I think we should play that in reverse this time. Because like I said also earlier, uh, I think if we play any music from this movie in reverse, it will like cast a spell type of thing. Summon a demon. Summon a demon. I don't think we want that. Sometimes we do want that. We don't want a Matilda demon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Matilda Demon. <laughs> yeah, let's just sing these songs. This is for Matilda. Matilda, my sweet, sweet, dumbass child. We'll get some Alt-J in reverse, and, and uh, we won't summon any demons. So it'll be good. It'll be good fun, Ben. But we did it. We got through our remakes. Things have been remade. All the goodness of the original oh, movies have been washed away. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you, does this count? As us remaking the first episode where you guys talked about Matilda. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I kind of like that idea, that our episodes on the remakes are themselves remakes of the episodes. <laughs> on the originals? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I dig that. There you go. Yeah, right on. <laughs> so it has been remade. We have we have corrected the sins of the past. I think that's a good way to think about it, right? That's what we're doing on I, this podcast? Correcting the sins of the past most of the time? Not this time. Okay, I'm with you. So we had one slip we, up, you know. <laughs> we're we're like fully ingrained in the sins of the present or something. Sins of the present. I like that. Sins of the father? No, the sins of the present. <laughs> okay, right on. Well then, 
we will uh, we will be back with with non remakes. It'll be good fun. I don't think Ben and I know what we're doing yet, but you know it'll be good fun. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the funnest of good. Yeah, uh, if uh, you have any other um, weird remakes, maybe there's some that we missed because I'm pretty sure I said at the start of this month that there were going to be those four, like there were four. Finally, we had enough, you know, for our usual series length. Um, if there's any we missed, you can always email us at cinemodities at gmail dot com, and you should check on uh, out the Patreon where we are going to be doing a uh, a uh, like a tie into the remakes from for a fan request, uh, hopefully with Lashawn. Um, pretty soon, and uh, so I'll go check that out to get way more episodes of the podcast and to support our uh, crazy endeavor into, I don't know, remaking things and censoring them and taking out the word ugly, because that's a, a bad word. Uh, that's where your money goes. It goes to that's censorship. <laughs> and uh, and there's many reasons that uh, we would want to censor a book, uh, and one of them is that uh, the word ugly is in it. <laughs> yep. uh, anything else you want to say about Patreon or anything, Ben? I couldn't have said it better myself. Right on, right on. Don't don't say ugly to people. Just say beastly. <laughs> You're beastly. <laughs> you you enormous beast. <laughs> See, as as a man, that's kind of a compliment. That's true. That's true. You enormous wig wearing beast. What if we threw that in there? <laughs> that makes it seem like less of a compliment. If I'm saying that to you, <laughs> them fighting words, yeah, be like, I don't think, I don't think we should have the rest of this conversation recorded. <laughs> it's gonna get hostile. <laughs> we may need to record it for when we go on Judge Judy about it. Yes, of course. We'll, yeah, we'll, I don't know what would we be suing each other over? Something something ridiculous, petty. Right? Yeah, yeah, of course it has to be petty. I don't. No, know. I'm gonna sue you for damages because you called me enormous. <laughs> Yes, exactly. You're gonna sue me for damages because I got upset when you called me enormous. I need restitution for my enormousness. <laughs> and Judge Judy will look at me and she'll be like, but you are enormous. So I'll be like, now I'm suing you too, Judge Judy. <laughs> She's like, Let's it's a go. fact. We can prove it. You're enormous. <laughs>
Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-